Welcome to The Beat with JoJo Doman, powered by Husker Online. Nebraska linebacker JoJo Doman gives you an in-depth look at the Husker football program and beyond. The Beat is brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. Hello and welcome again to another edition of The Beat. Sean Callahan, JoJo Doman, as you heard, we are brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate located from Omaha to Binkelman and everywhere in between, serving all your commercial real estate needs um, and insurance needs. Check out Edgewater, proud sponsor and supporter and title sponsor here of the Beat Podcast. Joe, these Sundays are fun. We've had some rough Sundays the last few weeks, and we've grinded it out. We've done shows. I knew the tone was set. We go up into the ABM offices, and about the entire team was up there um, doing um, interviews with us for Husker Rewind. And I'm like, yeah, these Sundays are a lot more fun than uh, trying to scrape together a show like last week. I mean, it was tough to do the show last week, and here we are a week later. A lot can change. Praise the Lord, man. Praise the Lord on this beautiful Sunday. Uh, it is it is tough to come up here and you know put everything aside, put your emotions aside, and still show up and be accountable to the work. And um, we're asked to do that in our lives all the time. So this is just an example of that. And to be up here today after a great team win. Uh, like yesterday, it, it, it comes a lot more natural. It's a lot easier, for sure. 56-7 to seven against a team that nobody blows out. That was the most yards put on a Pat Fitzgerald defense ever. Nebraska had over 600 yards. You guys put up 56 points, which was the most points Nebraska has scored in a Power 5 game since 2007, Kansas State, when Joe Gans was the quarterback. You probably don't even know who Joe Gans is. No. Um, he's a really good quarterback, coach for a while here. But, yeah, it you know everything about that game, and then, and then you guys got stops. I mean, they got a few dink and dunks here and there. Stephon Robinson was a good receiver, but everything clicked for you guys, everything. Yeah, it really did. And that was honestly amazing to see. I felt like I was in like a good movie, like a superhero movie, um, and it didn't go bad, which was awesome. So for us to fire on all cylinders – um, just as an testament to what we're doing day in and day out, like we show we showed up to work each and every day this week with a chip on our shoulder, um, ready to go to work. Like we didn't we didn't hold back. If anything, we sacrificed more um, this week, and it and it showed. And that it feels so damn good. Yeah, did, I mean, you you knew this team had this type of potential, but did you really think it would click? And and then even like the new, what really shocked me about the game was the new moves that and Coach Frost pushed those buttons. I mean, I truly believe Coach Frost says we're changing the O lineup. These are the guys we're putting in. We're changing up running back. Jacquez Yant's playing. You know, he made some head coach moves this week, and they worked. Yeah, that's what that's what we need out of him. And uh, definitely by playing Yant, we kind of talked earlier. Definitely caught Northwestern off guard, preparing for a 190, 200 back, and got a 240 back. That comes downhill. So, I mean, I love the way Frost responded this week. Um, he talked on Thursday about just hitting the reset button. We're zero and zero, and how 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 many bad punts have we had? Guys, Too many. <laughs> zero. How many false starts have we had? Z- just zero. the one. Well, you had the one late, right? But, but the starters had zero. That was his message to us. Is like we got to hit the reset. Like we cannot allow the past to affect the present. And that's what seemingly has happened here over the last four years. And I'd love to say we've turned the page, but we have to go out and prove it every game. 
being home too, I really think when you look at it, it matters, especially for the offense because they can communicate better and, and you, you just got that, that crowd noise behind you where you know, you've been on the road before that three out of five games, back-to-back weeks in front of sold-out road venues at Michigan State and Oklahoma. I'm sure that had to make a difference just to be at home in a night game with beautiful weather, homecoming, just all everything about that weekend just set up for you guys. Yeah, no, it's amazing to be at home. And I was actually thinking about that last night. Like, I wonder how much being on the road affected our special teams um, the last couple weeks. And, you know, with being in a high-stress environment within a big moment on the road with X amount of fans screaming at you, you know, like instead of screaming for you, like that affects a player's psyche. And how much was that at play, you know, during last week in at Oklahoma? So, like, who really knows? But – I mean, Memorial yesterday was unbelievable, and we got to be, we got to bring it even more this week. We got a huge opponent, huge game. This could, this is, this is going to change the tide of the whole season, one way or another. So, we got to just trust ourselves, trust the process, and show up and be ourselves. Guys, play Michigan. When I say Jim Harbaugh, what comes to your mind? Football, like that name. I mean, just every. I mean, has your dad over the years ever crossed paths with Jim Harbaugh or have a Harbaugh story or anything like that? I'm sure he does. He might. He, my dad knows somebody who knows somebody. Oh yeah. Um, but I actually grew up with my um, hometown PT, diehard Michigan fan, diehard like a Wolverine. He's a donor. Like I'm talking, like he he goes Nebraska. He's a Nebraska type fan for Michigan. And so I, I grew up just hearing about these guys. And during my recruiting process, Mac was always telling me, like, oh, bro, Michigan, dude. You go to Michigan, play the Viper, be the next uh, uh, Jabril Peppers, da-da-da-da-da. So, I mean, I've heard, I've heard all there is to be heard about Michigan. Did they recruit you? They did. and Offer? So they wanted to bring me on campus to offer me. And the week of my visit, my brother and I got probably the sickest, the most ill we've ever been. I vomited maybe 15 times within 24 hours. Um, like slept with my mom, like was curled up in a blanket. My Brock was on one side. I was on the other side with my mom in the middle. Like was just like, you know, crying wolf was in bad shape. Had to cancel the visit. Um, went to go reschedule. I guess Harbaugh doesn't do reschedules. Never heard from him again. That was that. Meant to, not meant to be. Not meant to be. Well, yeah, and you remember in 2018, you didn't travel to Ann Arbor, am I correct? You're right. But that was a whooping. I've talked to some of the guys on the team, um, and yeah, that was an old-fashioned what I mean, it was like what you did at Northwestern, where, I mean, Nebraska, first of all, you guys had a start. Did Adrian start? Then they went quickly to Andrew Bunch that game. Yeah. Because Noah had not been cleared yet. Yep. That was also the game Will Honus blew his knee out. And that's when his season ended his first year here, and Honus is still around. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of stories I remember about that game, but I just remember Michigan ran like fullbacks and tight ends and just overwhelmed them. kind of what you guys did in Northwestern this weekend. Yeah, football's a gut-wrenching game, and it's so fun when you can take the will from the other team, and it is so demoralizing, on the other hand, when the will is taken from you and you're just you're done. You got nothing left in the tank. What's there to give? I don't want to go get hit again. Don't throw me the ball, coach. Don't run at me. I'm done. And that's when football's not fun. 
All right, you're listening here to The Beat podcast here. And each week on The Beat, one of the cool things we get to do with Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate, our title sponsor, is the Husker Heartbeat Give Back. Each week, uh, Edgewater and The Beat podcast will give $1,000 to a different charity of JoJo Doman's choice. And this week, JoJo, uh, we've got one that really, really rings home pro football camp let us know what give us some more detail because obviously um your uh, relationship here with this charity is, is much different yes so the pro football camp has been going on in colorado springs for 17 years now and it's a nonprofit organization that puts on a youth football camp coached by current and former nfl players in my hometown colorado springs and not only do the kids learn proper you know technique and football skills from the pros but they also learn character skills and that are necessary to succeed on and off the field. So I grew up going to the football camp, uh, participating in it. And then once I got too old, I started volunteering um, for the camp. And then now I'm at a point where next year I'm going to be a pro coaching at the camp. So it's really come full circle for me. My mom and dad started it 17 years ago and their purpose behind it was to give kids um that were like financially less fortunate like an opportunity to learn this great game of football that goes beyond just football it goes be it, it it creates an experience that these kids remember um potentially for the rest of their lives and and it gives them some hope and uh, to be to be in the midst of greatness, there's something to be said about that. Like you're able, we're talking about, we're gonna talk about energy later in the show. How everything's an exchange of energy, and when you're around these great human beings that, you know, trained so hard, did everything that they could to be where they're at, like it, it feel you you feel some type of way when you're in their presence. So, um, an example of a kid that's benefited great, greatly from uh, our camp is named Terrell Jennings. He's from Southside, Carter Springs, came from nothing and came to the camp in like fourth grade and started developing his skills, started, built a relationship with Brock and I, um, ended up joining our seven on seven team, ended up transferring to Pine Creek his senior year. Now he's getting his school paid for and is living his dream of being a, co- a collegiate athlete. Um, and Where's again, he playing at? He's... I think he's at Montana State right now. But this is a kid that without the resources that the pro football camp brought would never have saw a collegiate school even look his way. So the connections that the pro football camp brings is, is really what it's all about. Um, and when there's even a praise with the pro sections where players, one night of the camp, everyone comes together and then they share their testimony. So now like we're, we're hitting it on all cylinders. It's really a great event. You're listening here to the Beat Podcast with JoJo Doman. Once again, pro football camp, the recipient of this week's Husker Heartbeat Give Back each week. Edgewater and the Beat Podcast will give $1,000 to a different Nebraska charity. We have a full show on tap here. Nuri Nuelli is going to join us, the German foreign exchange student that came to uh, Norris High School, um, started his first game. Nuri's going to have some great insight and stories with JoJo. And then Morgan Holen. Miss Nebraska, a former UNL Scarlet, a good friend of the program, we'll call it, uh, will join us as well <laughs> as uh, Miss Nebraska in studio. That's all on this week's edition of The Beat.
Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to The Beat with Jojo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome back here to The Beat. Sean Callahan, Jojo Doman. As you heard, we're brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate with locations from Omaha to Binkelman and everywhere in between serving all of your insurance needs. That's Edgewater Insurance. But this segment is brought to you by who fed us today? Tanner's Bar and Grill, 30th and Yankee Hill. Uh, Thanks again to Cassie and Brett uh, getting us food on a Sunday, bringing it over. Um, and what what do you have, Jojo? Mm-mm-mm, them hot lips quesadillas. That's your deal. You know it. And Nuri Noeladin joining us here in studio as um, fresh off his first start at left guard. Nuri joined us, had a little bit of tanners as well. Yep, yep. Great food. Very good food. Well, let's, let's get into it. Nuri, uh, Jojo, we wanted to bring him up in a very timely week to bring in Nuri Noeladin. Did I say it wrong? Am I saying it wrong? Yeah. You're smiling. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> um, it's Nuri Noeli. Nuri Noeli. Yes. Noeli. Yep. Okay. Yep. And your story, Nuri, is so unique, and Jojo is going to delve into that story. No doubt. Nuri, thanks for joining us, brother. Of course. Of course. Um, Sean kind of touched on it. First started in Nebraska. First really PT and, and serious game time at Nebraska. How did that feel? What was that like? Um, it was definitely a new experience, um, you know, playing at a different school. It was different because the fan base is not the same as here, but uh, just running out on the field, having 90,000 people screaming at you and, you know, knowing that they all are in love with what you do is something that you don't really get every day. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, is that is that probably the biggest difference between Nebraska and CSU? Yes. Yes, for sure. That and the food. The food? <laughs> yeah. Talk um, to me. My old school didn't have a training table, so we would go to the dorm halls, and our strength coach at the time would uh, sit there and make sure we went to the dorm halls to eat. And uh, obviously, the dorm food is not the greatest. Yeah. It's not uh, as healthy as what we get from Dave here. So. Yeah. I mean, Dave Ellis, man, is is a mastermind. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. Gets us right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. Well, that's dope, man. I, you kind of, okay. So let's touch on your story from how you even got here. Um, I all started in 2018. I, uh, played for a, uh, all-star team in Germany for my state. And, uh, a guy named, uh, Eric Hurl came up to me and he, uh, started talking to me about, you know, maybe this opportunity of being able to go to the United States and, you know, be a exchange student, you know, see the American life and, I've always wanted to do something like that, just like broaden my horizon and, you know, be able to say I've lived somewhere else because uh, I've, I've lived in two continents so far, not now three, but uh, just being able to like say that, okay, I've, I've done this step uh, was always something that I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, we started that process and eventually I got to a Norris High School here in Nebraska and uh, lived with a great family, the Hausman family. Um, you know, been able to succeed in high school there and, you know, obviously ended up having the chance to go to uh, college to play football. So 
Yeah. It was a great experience. So out of high school, you went to CSU. It's under my understanding that you were a senior in high school when you played? Yes, I was. How did that go down? Um, when I got there, they told me that every international student had to be a sophomore. And I was a 18-year-old sophomore, which didn't really work out very well. But uh, after football season, um, or at the end of football season, a lot of people told me that I had the chance to you know, go to college for football. And to be able to do that, I would have to graduate high school here in the United States so that I have the high school diploma and be at the same level as every other uh, uh, American student. And so um, after football season, I end up getting the offer from Colorado State. And uh, right before the second semester of school, I had to find a way to get all the credits in that I needed or all the uh, requirements to be able to graduate from my, from my high school. And uh, through German school, I had like... At my high school, they had like 150, 155 credits that you needed to graduate. And, uh, you know, certain classes like uh, school to career and stuff like that. And uh, from Germany, I already had like 380 credits, but I didn't have the required classes. Okay. So like some of them, like I said, school to career, um, there was a, a photographics class that I needed to take. And so I took those the second semester and was able to graduate because of that. So in first semester, I was a sophomore. Second semester, I ended up being a senior. I'll be down. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay, so you go you go play at CSU, and then uh, you come back to Nebraska and walk on. Yep. Uh, what's that experience been like thus far? And, and I guess more so, what do you believe has gotten you to this point to where you made your first start yesterday? <clears throat> um, definitely a lot of ups and downs from, you know, getting here to now. Um, a lot of doubts in myself being able to say, like, like why why am I still here? Like what what's what's going on? Why am I not playing? But uh, I mean, it all got me to this point, you know, of being able to say like I've worked myself up from scout team player to starter. Yep. And um, you know, just having that experience to be able to say that is something that you know not a lot of people can say. And I'm proud to be saying that as a Nebraska player, especially with you know Nebraska's walk on program and walk on history, to be able to like you know be a part of that uh, history and tradition to be a walk-on going to starter. Absolutely. So what does it mean to you to play at Nebraska? Um, to be fully honest, I didn't really know what Nebraska was before I got here. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know how college sports really worked. Um, didn't know that, you know, Nebraska was a school. I knew Nebraska was a state, but like, I didn't really know anything else about it. But, uh, you know, just in high school, I found out a lot about, you know, Nebraska and Nebraska fans and, the passion that's behind the sport here or behind the, uh, the school here. And, um, you know, like I said, being, being able to say that, you know, I'm part of this tradition and this history that this school has is something that like a lot of people can't really say. And, uh, I, I, I love the fact that I'm able to, you know, uh, share that with a lot of people around me. No doubt. Nuri, your host family too was the Hausman family and, and yep. Joey's, um, brother-in-law Adam has played for Nebraska. Yep. I mean, and Joey played for Nebraska, and obviously his, his son's on the team now mm -hmm. who you lived with. How much did just living with a family like that kind of bring immediate exposure to what Nebraska athletics was? And obviously they have access to a lot of things that probably most traditional Nebraska fans yep. don't have access to. Um, yeah, it definitely was another uh, another point of view from going from you know this normal German family to a uh, quite um, – how do I say this? Quite uh, proficient. Uh, yeah, upper class American family. Let me say it that way. 
Um, successful. Successful. Successful American family, yes. Um, just being able to say, uh, see, like, you know, how they lived and how, uh, you know, like you said with Adam, his, uh, his sports side point of view on things in life and um, with Nebraska especially – to see like or to, to hear from him all of his stories about you know coach austin for example um he told me one story where they went to ucf to uh watch a game and uh coach uh, austin sees uh, adam and apparently adam's nickname was uh, sticky icky for the longest time <laughs> and uh uh he, he saw he sees adam and just like goofs out and screams sticky icky and like just goes crazy about him so just you know being able to hear those kind of stories is, is something different that's crazy yeah um, yeah what an opportunity that you were able to come to america and be you know kind of taken care of by a family like the Hausmans. like you know it was written for you at that point like mm -hmm. that's how i interpret it um in knowing the Hausmans also connected you with another elite resource in Chris Slatt. Mm -hmm. Talk to me, talk to our listeners about how he's helped you and, and what that was like and maybe touch on your first workout. Um, Slatt is probably one of the nicest people that I've ever met. Uh, he, he is very straightforward with you and he's going to tell you if he likes you or not. And he's, he's going to tell you what you need to do to be successful. And, uh, You know, like I'm going, I'm going to talk about it. The fir first workout was probably the worst day of my life. <laughs> um, I was laying next to a trash can uh, in a gym that, like I said, I've I've never worked out before that time. And uh, he took me through some simple things. I would say yep. now now that I've been working out for a while, but uh, at the time, you know, it was hard as hell and like didn't know what I was doing and was probably like doing like 135 on squat struggling but uh with him i was able to you know prove to myself that i can do a lot more and be a lot faster a lot stronger and just build on you know not working out ever to you know working out now every day yeah so um he's been a major part in my life and he's helped me a, a long ways since i got here absolutely to uh to our listeners that don't know i mean slat Chris uh, Slat is used to be a track coach here at Nebraska and is down at South Lincoln who runs uh, Slat Performance and he basically just helps athletes. Luke Reimer. Oh yeah, Luke Reimer, yep. Nate Gary, Ethan Carter, uh, Stanley Josh Morgan, Banderas. all these, all the, all the real dudes that have come through. This Gerald place. Foster, Tanner Farmer, Josh Banderas, yep. and the list goes on. Luke Gifford. Yep. Isaac Gifford. Isaac, Isaac Gifford. Yeah, all of them. Too. And basically, he just he he teaches you from a perspective that is just so detailed from a perspective that like he's been there before. Like he talks to you through the techniques, like he's in your own head mm -hmm. and he's basically just teaching you how to absorb and apply force more efficiently. Mm -hmm. All right, well let's pick this back up with Nuri. You're listening here to the beat with Jojo Doman. You're listening to the beat with Jojo Doman. Brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And we're back here on the beach. Sean Callahan, Jojo Dolman, Nuri Nueli uh, joining us here. Did I get it right this time? Yep, okay. Yep. Uh, joining us here as brought to you by our proud sponsor, Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate, located 
Omaha to Binkelman and everywhere in between, servicing all of your commercial, insurance, and real estate needs. This segment, though, brought to you by Gary Michaels Clothiers. Guys, you looked really nice, and Gary Michaels got you fitted out. Um, red ties, pocket squares, optional cowboy hats for Cam <laughs> Jurgens, and it looked like guys actually wore legit shoes, JoJo. Yeah, I don't know how we banded together and all found these dress shoes on our own, but we did it. Hat off to us. I wore Adidas shoes. <laughs> were you in the team issued gear? Yeah. <laughs> there were a couple guys. And it was supposed to be a black suit. They couldn't get black because it was like sold out, so it's charcoal. But Nate Rutt of Gary Michaels gave a great quote to Steve Sipple. The good thing about a charcoal suit is you can wear brown or black shoes with it. So uh, versatility or tennis shoes. It, yeah. it, goes, it little goes with everything. So. Will you guys wear that just for the home games now, not the road games? Yep, I think so. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it had a different vibe. I mean, it just felt like a business vibe with you guys walking in that stadium on Saturday. It did, honestly. I enjoyed the walk. Um, it was a far walk. I know. I felt like I was walking back from class. Yeah, I, I mean, did too. You, like, walked basically from, like, the A fee house to the stadium. Yeah, I yes. got hot. It was, it was, Don't it was ask hot. me how I know that, but yeah. I, I was in UNL one day. How do you know that? <laughs> But let, let's get into it back with Nuri. You got a lot of great questions uh, to to answer here with Nuri Newelli. Yes, sir. Let's uh, let's kind of let's kind of put a touch on football right now. Why football, uh, Nuri? Why um, football. I, I started as a soccer player. I was a goalkeeper for most of my life. Um, eventually, I had a thing called Oscar Schlater. You know what that is? Oscar Schlatters. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Uh, In your knee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I had it on both knees, and so um, I had to kind of sit out for a while and like do rehabilitative uh, things like swimming and bike riding and stuff like that. And uh, when I got back to soccer after like a year and three months, I just didn't enjoy it as much. And so I was looking for new sports, and so I went through like tennis, handball, um, volleyball, badminton, and eventually got to football. And uh, the first drill that we did was uh, that two coaches lined up with like those uh, bags, like those punching bags. Yeah. And uh, we were supposed to just run through them just to see like if we could get through. And I was scared because it was like the first thing I've ever done like that. And I run through and I turn around and both the coaches were on the ground. And that day my coach called my mom and said, he's playing football now. Like, yeah. So uh, ever since then, it's kind of been a love for the sport and it's never stopped. There you go. Yes, sir. Who do you look up to and why? Gronkowski. Uh, Rob Gronkowski was is kind of the reason why uh, I, I was a tight end in Germany, um, and he was kind of the reason why I wanted to be a tight end. And the way he plays and just the much the, the amount of fun he has in the game is something that I look look up to and aspire. And you know, a lot of people in the sport are very serious and you know, like not as relaxed. I think. And yep. um, me personally, I like to be more relaxed because then I won't like mess things up. Like if I'm relaxed, if I'm enjoying myself, if I'm having fun, then, you know, the sport is way more enjoyable. And, um, you know, like I said, Rob uh, Gronkowski is very, very good at that. And, uh, you know, that's why he was kind of my idol to look up to. And then after that, Quentin Nelson. No doubt. You know, I I feel strongly about that. Why rile yourself up, put yourself in this stress response when you're supposed to go out there and execute, like find your flow state, find that inner peace and let everything come to you. Yeah. And just enjoy your moment. Yep. What's uh what's your greatest personal superpower? Um what what do you mean by that? Like wh- like what what makes you special? Um that I can give a different point of view on things because of 
you know, my background and my culture, I can, you know, see things a different way than most people here. Um, and I feel like for a lot of people that I talk to, they think it's a problem because um, they think that I'm American and think that I think like an American, but I don't. And um, I think for me personally, that's a, a good thing for me for uh, later in life that I'm able to, you know, not think like an American. Yeah. So I think that's one of the, and I can talk to everybody. Yeah. About literally anything. <laughs> yeah. So your, your perspectives and the culture that has shaped you is yep. absolutely your superpower. Mm -hmm. All right. Here's a little interpersonal question here. What are you most afraid of failing at? Um, um, I would say proving that I'm not a mistake. Yeah. Um, I've always, you know, like my, my parents have been divorced since I was little and, uh, both remarried, both had kids. And, you know, I just, because they got divorced so early, like after I was born, a lot of the feelings make you think that, you know, you're the reason and, yeah. you know, that you were the mistake and both remarries, like them both remarrying and both having kids with uh, their new partners just makes you feel like the mistake, you know, and, um, because you're the only one that's came out of your dad and your mom. So, um, that's always been kind of something that I don't, I've never wanted to be that mistake. And I like, if I fail at that, that'd be my greatest fear. That's some real shit. What do you to, okay. The inverse of that question is what are you most afraid of succeeding at? Um, as in like a bad you, thing that would happen? No. Do you like what part of your greatness do you sometimes like shy away from? Being a football player. Does that make sense? A lot. Go on. A lot of people have this stereotype of football players and, you know, them being, you know, yeah. a-holes and yep. just cocky. Being, yeah, pricks. exactly. And um, I feel like a lot of people don't really look past that and you know if you're a successful player and just you know ball out then people can like they can look past you being cocky or whatever but you know if you're having bad moments and especially as an offensive lineman for example like you're only being looked at if you have bad moments yeah um it's just i i hate that that like people don't look past you as a as a person they look at you as a player yeah and um I feel like that'd be one of the things that I would hate for it to become a, a problem. No doubt. Now you talked about that adversity. Um, when you, when you face that scrutiny, when you do hear, you know, all these outside voices, uh, how do you handle them internally? How do you not allow those things to affect your internal peace personally? Um, I think that a lot of times, um, I use it more as a kind of a fuel for the fire. Okay. Um, and I think, you know, with the past few weeks, for example, you know, we've done a lot of mistakes and especially as an O-line unit, we've done mistakes and obviously, you know, you can't just shut everything down. Like somehow it will get to you. And even if you, you know, don't have social media, somebody will walk past you and sees you as like, you guys messed up, you know? And yeah. um, I think that, you know, helped to kind of, show me that like we all need to do better like we all need to step up and just do better and i feel like it worked 
for this week at least yep. so far and i hope that keeps going like that that like you know you can use all those outside voices as fuel instead of as a, a way to kind of shut down the fire no doubt yep. um talk to me about greg austin cam jurgens and the pipeline culture um coach austin is one of the greatest coaches i've or people that i've met um him but both him and coach frost are they have so much passion for us not not only as football players but for us as people they like when you talk to either of them it's not like you're talking to somebody that looks down on you it's somebody that looks to you eye to eye and he makes sure that you know you're happy not only on the field but off the field as well and especially in the o-line unit with like i said a unit that doesn't really get looked at ever except when they do mistakes right um i feel like it's hard as a coach to be able to you know just try to be part of the group instead of being just the coach and coach g does a really really good job at you know being kind of one of the boys basically um and so i think with him being able to do something like that is something that helps us a lot and then you know cam obviously he's our leader um we would do anything for him and i, I know he would do anything for us so yeah follow him bro he's gonna take you he's gonna lead you in the right direction yep. appreciate you jumping on us brother appreciate this time and opening up to us yes sir and let's go get it this week yes sir i'm ready all right, that wraps it up here with Nuri Nuelli. Much more to come. We've got another special guest joining us in the studio. We'll tell you about that next. You're listening here to The Beat. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And we're back here on The Beat. JoJo Doman, loving the new music. Loving it. New bumps, as we call it in the biz. It only took 10 weeks, Sean. Hey, I am not in charge of music selections here. That's on me. I, you know, I kind of handle it just like my homework. I turn it in late. Hey, we got it in, 10 weeks in, but uh, this segment of The Beat brought to you by S&W Fence for your best defense in the game. Check out <laughs> S&W Fence, serving Omaha, both commercially and residentially, and Lincoln uh, commercially Check them out as they'll handle all of your fencing needs. They are a proud supporter and sponsor here of the Beat Podcast with JoJo Doman. That is S&W Fence, voted best of Omaha four out of five years. Well, Joe, when you win on Saturday night, it's always easy to have a good show on Sunday. We had Nuri Noelli in. Now we've got a very special guest, Miss Nebraska, Morgan Holen, Elkhorn native, Elkhorn South product, former Scarlet at the University um, good friend of you and and your your girlfriend Megan here in studio with us, uh, joining us here on the beat. That is right, Morgan. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thanks for having me. Yeah. So, Miss Nebraska, mm-hmm. how does that feel? <laughs> what is that like? Oh my goodness. Well, let me tell you, I've been on I eighty quite a bit, so I'm in a different city every two days. But it all started in June, and I'll do that for an entire year until next June. Wow. That's, this is what you signed up for. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about what you're doing with teammates. So every woman in the Miss America organization has something they advocate for during their year. And you see a wide range. But I was heavily impacted by mentors. So it seemed only fitting that I would advocate for mentoring. So I get to pair up with teammates and Coach Osborne and recruit mentors and go into different communities and make sure our chapters are strong across the state. So Miss America versus Miss USA, 
They're different, right? Yes, which is hard to understand. They look very similar, but the Miss America organization has a talent portion, so I'll dance, and it also has an interview on stage question, and we are awarded scholarship dollars. So actually, all of my school will be paid for through the Miss America organization. Gotcha. No, no bikini show. Nope. <laughs> no swimsuit in this one. Ah. <laughs> so, <laughs> talk to me. Talk to me about what you're doing with uh, the Tom Osborne 255 Club. Yes. Yeah, so they just launched all that merchandise for Tom Osborne in honor of him and in our honor of all of his wins here at the university. And a large percentage of those proceeds will go back to teammates. So if you've seen it on Instagram, make sure you you get your gear and get ready to go for the games. Yeah, I've been seeing all the gear flying around waiting for my box. Right. <laughs> I don't think one's coming. Yeah. I got yeah. one. Did you? I was going to say, I got one. <laughs> I got I got a hat. I got sunglasses, a pin. I got, mm-hmm. I'll give you a hat if you want one. I'll take a hat, Sean. I'll hook you up. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, something great about Morgan is we've known each other for six years now. Mm-hmm. Um, we met our freshman year in of college together. She was a scarlet um alongside my girlfriend at the time so that's kind of how we connected but we were both journalism school um freshmen Mm -hmm. and i'm telling you she got me through all of my classes (laughs) no you were fine (laughs) i was not fine i needed all the help (laughs) and then we also took this uh foreign language sign language class together uh, Talk to our uh, listeners about what that was like for you. Oh, my goodness. So we walk in the first day and we have our teacher, Amy, who is the best at the university, I think. And here is Jojo and we have Damian Daniels. We have Lexi's son, Andrew Bunch. I mean, Brian Brokop. We have a whole classroom of athletes and our teacher is deaf. And so the way we had to learn was being silent the entire class and watching her and learning from her. And that was hilarious. The whole, really every was. day was hilarious to watch. It was so fun. Like my definitely my favorite class that I've ever taken here. Yeah. Um, funny story. On the first day of class, I walked in late, and I walked in, and it's dead silent. So I just go sit next to my buddy Brian, right. and I kind of just follow suit. I'm silent, and people are whispering a little bit, whatever. Forty five minutes goes by. Class is over. I'm lost. Like there wasn't a <laughs> word spoken the whole class i'm thinking this was charades right <laughs> and i go up to the teacher i go up to miss amy after class and i'm talking to her like hey like i looked on canvas like i, I didn't see you putting like like the the syllabus up in class like where's the syllabus right and she starts doing the and she starts moving her hands and i'm like no 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 like can you just talk to me now like class is over right <laughs> and these kids leaving the classroom are like joe she's deaf And I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. She was so patient with all of us. She's so, she really was. Yeah. Mad respect to Miss Amy. She's the one that does the national anthem. At every game. At every game. Yes, absolutely. She's lovely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We definitely grew together. (laughs) Okay. Let's uh, switch gears a little bit. Talk to us a little bit about what your Miss America prep is looking like. 
Right. So Miss America will be the 100th anniversary this year. So lots of tradition. And I'll leave on December 7th and compete December 16th. So it's a little bit of an endurance battle while you're there. You're up early and go to bed late and have lots of events during the day. So by the time you're actually competing, you've been through quite a bit. So a lot of the prep is, although there's not swimsuit, I'm a dancer. So I prep for performance in that way, whether it be in a studio or a weight room. And that's a constant, constant battle, of course. And then making sure I know my surroundings, what's going on in the world, and that I can have an educated opinion the judges can ask anything under the sun from what's your favorite joke to foreign policy so you have to be equipped and ready to roll with whatever they want to ask you damn <laughs> talk about endurance so how do you morgan handle how do you, what do you do to to fill yourself back up to give yourself energy so that you're able to go these long hours and everyone's asking you everything everyone's pulling from you need you here need you there need you for this like how do you fill yourself up I think it's focusing on your why, why you're doing what you're doing, what your purpose is, and going back to that. And if every action that you have throughout the day contributes to that purpose, then you're probably on the right track. But there are times you have to say no to people in order to stay on that track. So it's setting that from the beginning, setting goals. I have goals listed all over in my room and staying on track in that way. Yeah, I'll give it to you. You are one of the more motivated people I've ever come across. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you just, she, she's got a motor. She, if she was in the, if she was in a man body and that could play football, she'd be a dog out there. <laughs> well, that'd be interesting. <laughs> what? Uh, okay. Um, what do you What do you see the parallels between Miss America pageants mm -hmm. and football? Yeah, well, I first would think of kind of the stereotypes, right? We have stereotypes of football, we have stereotypes of a woman who's competing in a pageant or a competition, and, and I enjoy breaking those down. I experienced that a little bit as a scarlet, too, as a cheerleader or dancer, and you, you get to talk to people, and you get to have those conversations, and that sometimes turns it around pretty quickly, and it's a little bit of a fun challenge in that way, and I'm sure football players experience that as well, uh, but getting to talk to our fan base and getting to have those conversations, they uh, hopefully come away with a little bit of a different perspective yes 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 okay talk to our listeners a little bit about what your scarlet experience was like and eventually growing into a captain role right well scarlet's is a pretty grueling process to get onto the team so there's an interview process we take a sports quiz where we have to know all of the mascots locations of the schools we have to know every coach in husker athletics and we have to know quite a few of the rules penalties everything for every sport because we want to be aware and knowledgeable about everything that we're dancing at um, but then we also run a two mile and that's all outside of the actual dance portion so getting onto the team is quite an interesting process but then once you're there it's the most incredible experience I mean, we are at game day five hours prior to kickoff, and we get to interact with fans and donors and uh, go places all before the game even starts. But I wouldn't have it any other way. If you could do it all over again, would you? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I remember uh, Megan would ask me about them sports quizzes. We practice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have all the Big Ten helmets in my house, all like mini helmets. And we'd like, I'd pick a helmet. And she would say the mascot and the hometown of the mm -hmm. of the school. So it was a good time. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, interpersonal question here. What would you tell your teenage self? Hmm. I would go back to the why that I brought up earlier. Refocusing on your why. I think a lot of times you can fall under pressure of what other people think of you, and then you lose sight of what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, but I think instead, if you can go back to what your purpose is and your why, then you can block out a lot of maybe the external pressure of what you should be and instead pursue what you want to be. How did you find your why? 
That takes time. I think not until really college and it develops every day. It evolves, right? Yeah. Is what we're doing. And so I think it, I found a lot in a mentoring and interpersonal relationships and getting curious about people and understanding them better, asking questions. And then it sort of developed my why to serve people in, in that way. And so I've, as I've experienced more life, it's only grown more clear and been easier to block away some of the negative maybe opinions from the outside. Now, what is your why? My why is to serve people and in a way that when I walk away from them, they're left better than when I first approached them. Yeah. Yeah. Life is an exchange of energy. You're either taking energy or giving energy. Mm -hmm. And I mean, all these beautiful experiences that we, you know, have throughout life is because somebody gave us their energy and we receive some sort of emotion, love experience from them. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. I have another question for you. I wrote these down. <laughs> <laughs> Came prepared. Definitely. Okay. So pageants, right? They're a competitive cutthroat, um, business. Mm -hmm. How, how do you stay in touch with yourself, um, outside of your why, mm -hmm. um, with everyone expecting things out of you? I think you have to know what you would bring to the job what you'd bring to the organization. The Miss America organization has been around for 100 years, and specifically speaking, you are applying for a job when you go and compete at Miss America, and you'd be given the reins entirely, and the same at the state level as well. So knowing why you want to do that, knowing the history of the organization, what you could do, what you could bring to the job to make it better, um, if you stick to that, then I think you're on a lot better path, and you may have people who disagree with how you do things or have different opinions of how you do things, but if you know what talents you can bring and what uh, service you can bring, then you'd stay on the a narrow path. I hear that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Nuri earlier. <laughs> what is your greatest personal superpower? Ooh, and he answered it so well. I'm going to say I would hope that this year is a year of service in a way that it's not about me, that um, I know, Joe, you're also a, a man of faith, but if I'm I'm serving people well, then it'll be a lot more about them and what they gained out of this experience than it will me. And if the spotlight is shining on me, then I've missed the whole point. And so I would say the superpower, hopefully, is that I look at hopefully every situation from an angle of service as opposed to what can I gain out of this? Wow. That's real. I have one more for you. I'm begging. And it's because I, I need to know. <laughs> what are you most afraid of succeeding at? I would say going back to the spotlight. If the entire spotlight is on me throughout this whole year, then I've totally missed the mark of what the year is about. It's a job, but it's a year service. It's about getting into communities across our state and connecting with people and giving them what they need out of every interaction. And so if I have succeeded in a way of making it all about me, then I've totally failed. And that would be my biggest fear. I hear that. Morgan, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure and good luck this year. We're so rooting for you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jojo. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, much more to come. We're going to close the show with some mailbag questions. You're listening here to The Beat with Jojo Dolman. You're listening to The Beat with Jojo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome back here to The Beat. Final segment here of our 10th show, Jojo Doman, as we're brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. From Omaha to Binkelman and everywhere in between, Edgewater Insurance, a Nebraska-based company, 
Check them out for all of your insurance needs and commercial real estate needs. Great company supporter of the show. But this segment is brought to you by Pioneer, an American seed brand since 1926 for the best agronomic advice for your farm. Count on your local Pioneer team for year-round advice. Pioneer, an American seed brand since 1926. Well, Joe, um, we're doing a mailbag here and don't have a late night last night, so I didn't want to – it's dangerous to put the, the mailbag questions up right after the game because I bet <laughs> you get a couple of just crazies. Um, so I, I'm I'm just gonna ask you off the off the cuff. We're just go, we're going off the cuff here, mailbag. I like that. When you, when you look at the Big Ten Conference now, knowing what we know, Iowa looked really good Friday night. Did you watch Iowa? Friday? I did. I mean, in in Maryland, turned it over seven times. Yeah, you can't do that. Um, but when you look at the West, like, what are your thoughts on the West now? When you've seen Wisconsin, you've seen Iowa, and you you've seen obviously what it's going to take to maybe contend with the perceived best teams in the West. Yeah, it's all about, you know, turnovers and, and scoring points at this point. Everyone's got uh, pretty good defenses. So Iowa seems to be the best team right now. And, you know, I, I hope they're ranked high when we play them. Um, that's just you know, that's just my competitive nature. So it's up for the taking, though. Like, we knew this coming into the season, and it's just kind of un- unveiled itself, and it's still that way. So... We just have to control what we can control, win the next one, then win the next one. And when we get to Iowa, we'll be, we'll be ready. I'm curious, um, you look at the Big Ten right now, Joe, take Adrian out of the equation because I know you would take him over any quarterback. But 100%. Who do you think in this league after Adrian? Because I think it's a, a really interesting debate. Who's the best quarterback in this league? And you can make a case it's Adrian right now, but who, who would you say has opened your eyes in this league at quarterback? Man. Honestly, no one really stands out. Um, 2 a.m. stands out for real. And uh, working with what he's got, like that dude's an unbelievable competitor. I honestly can't even speak on those other guys, Sean, just because I just don't know him. Haven't haven't watched immense amount of film on him, and just what I've seen, like I don't even want to talk about him. Like let's talk about Adrian. You, I mean, you would take Adrian <laughs> over Rattler after seeing Rattler live, though. Oh, 100%. I mean, Rattler's arm talent was was up there, and his release was honestly really fast, so he didn't even have to step into his throws. He could just kind of slang that thing like a baseball. But when it comes to, like, just football, playmaking ability, leading the squad, like, I'm so glad we got two under center. We're listening, you're listening here to The Beat, Sean Callahan, JoJo Doman, as uh, we're working our way through this final segment. What was your favorite part about Northwestern night? Just the whole the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, shit. I loved the I loved all of it. You know, was what was not to love about that performance? Um, I loved I loved the pregame. I loved being in the locker room with the guys, and we kind of all circle up, and and it's kind of like a space where we're able to just speak our hearts, let our hearts bleed, and, and it's it, it's an opportunity for you to like hear. Um, the the soul and the spirit of like the men you're going to battle with like it's 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 like a war cry and being able to rally around each other like that's what i love about this game like the spectacle the the going into the fourth quarter putting up all these points the fumbles the sacks the ints are all great but nothing compares to that to that interpersonal relationship that you have with the men that you go through this shared adversity with like 
and, and there's no cameras in there. Not not everybody gets to see it, but you're here listen listening to it, hearing about it, and like that's that's the beautiful thing about this game is the shared adversity and, and that the men and what it brings out of you um, to be able to sacrifice and to put yourself forward. Like football is a vulnerable game. Everyone's in the stands and everyone's got an opinion. Millions more on TV, and you're supposed to go out there and and, and you're you're there to be judged. Like you're you're up for the taking, and it's what you do. It's it's your performance that counts. So it's extremely vulnerable, and and to rally around that is is special. What goes on at halftime in a locker room? Fans always want to know because you don't have a lot of time, and it takes a while to get the coaches in there from the press box. And by the way, does okay? Am I just Thinking this, but does Shenander sit in the box every game now, or is he on the sidelines some games in the box, other games? He moved up to the box for this year, or like when he moved up last year. Last year, okay, and he he watches. That that seems to it works better. It seems like for you guys to have him up there. Yeah, so Dawson used to be up in the box, Shenander on the field, and they actually flipped. They brought Dawson down and put Shenander up, and just talking to the DC, he really likes it just because he's. He, he, he gets a different uh, perspective on the game. and You get a he, film view. Absolutely, and he, he, he sees things faster, so we're able to get the calls. He's, he's, not, wor- he's not caught up in the emotion of the sideline. Um, he's just very analytical up there, just kind of putting us in the best position to be successful. So I really enjoy him up there, and we have enough leaders and enough voices on the sideline to where we really just need him putting us in the best positions to be successful, and that's what he's been doing for us. So who's kind of the general on the sidelines? Is Dawson or Tuioti, or who, who's running the show down low when Schnander's up top? I mean, honestly, it's everybody. Um, Rude got, gets his guys, but, I mean, Rude gets over with the DBs as well if something needs to get corrected, and, and, and Fisher is always vocal, like always every time we come to the sideline, we're going over what plays they gave us, what, what plays are – possibly going to come next how they're attacking us and what could potentially be you know coming up in the future and then I know Dawson uh Dawson's a pretty fiery guy but when it comes to game time he's very cool calm and collected which honestly threw me off at first but um he does a nice job handling his emotions and and then Tuioti is a is an energetic leader out there so he's all about like play for your brothers kind of what we were talking about like the sacrifice that it takes that this game brings out of you like he he's an emotional leader for us so they all bring a different component, and I enjoy hearing from all of them. Back to my previous question, though, at halftime, yeah, like when you're in there for that short amount of time, like how much can even get accomplished? Like everyone always is like, oh, big adjustments were made in the locker room at halftime. Is that just like overthinking it? Because can you really like make major adjustments in like a five-minute meeting in the locker room? You know, I don't know about major, but you can definitely make adjustments. So I guess this game in particular, like we came into the halftime – hyped lose and frost was kind of salty it sounded like did, did he get on you guys a little bit like hey we're not done yet or yeah no he challenged us to to play a better second half than we did the first half um and that we're still playing for respect like just because we're up right now like we could lose all the respect we gained in the first half by going out and blowing it in the second half and and not finishing this game so i think we came in loose and we we left uh focused and determined so I mean, and honestly, that goes that goes back to like the guys in our locker room. I mean, Markel Dismuke was the first one to speak up and say like, "Yo, sit down, shut up," like we're not done. And then that message echoed across the locker room. Like, don't like don't feel good about yourself. I remember I looked at Yant like, "Hey, we're not done. 
like great job don't feel too good about yourself we are not done so that was the energy going in the locker room and honestly really kind of really kind of impressed how we responded to that situation because there's one thing how do you handle losing and then how do you handle winning and we've been caught between both and now we're in a position where really we're winning and how how are we going to handle the success so that's something we're that's going to you know kind of unfold this week going into next week and time will tell and we have to we have to grow accustomed to winning and everything that entails well number nine now michigan coming in that should have everyone's attention it's not like you're playing a, a lesser opponent this week you're playing as highly ranked of an opponent as is on your schedule right now arguably we're potentially playing the best team we've faced all year and i think we're I mean, it showed yesterday, like we're executing at a high octane level. So both teams are kind of facing off, both in our prime, you could say. It should be a heavyweight title fight. What else could you ask for? This is what you live for. Um, we're not going to back down to the challenge. We're going to accept it. Happy that it's at Memorial, that we got 90,000 cheering for us. It's going to be 84 degrees Saturday. Oh, yeah. That'll be awesome. So it'll be 70s by kick. It'll be beautiful. Yeah. Man, I'm so excited. Finally, tell the story about Pat Fitzgerald after the game. <laughs> I mean, I think Pat Fitzgerald, you know, he's been around the Big Ten a long time, and I think he feels like you've been in the league every year since he's been there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love going up to players after the game because after the game it's like, all right, like all egos are down, like the result is what it is. Now we're just, you know, men that suit up in uniforms and go and just – bump heads, throw our bodies at each other for three and a half hours, but we're actually people at the end of the day. So I, I, you know, I always enjoy that aspect of it, but I uh, was shaking up hands, and next thing you know, I kind of run into this, you know, kind of bigger, broad-shouldered dude, and I look up, and what do you know? It's Pat. I'm like, oh, shit. Hey, coach. He's like, hey, man, great game. Like, <laughs> when are you going to graduate? Like, I'm tired of playing against you. <laughs> And I was like, kind of a loss for words, just because I got caught off guard. And I was like, Thank, "Thanks, coach. Like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not ever graduating." <laughs> if he's ever gonna, there's always rumors that he's gonna be like the Bears coach. Like, you know, if you become the Bears coach, you can draft me, coach. Draft me, baby. But he turned that down last year. He stayed, um, obviously, in Northwestern. That's where he played. But yeah, that was a cool story because Fitzgerald, obviously, a lot of respect for what you've done the last six years. Yeah, and I have a whole lot of respect for him, how he runs his program and the the man of faith that he is and just how he conducts himself. Like, that's a coach you want to play for. Well, reminder, if you want to um, get on and, and find out more about the show, the website is The Dominator. Um, and we talked about our Husker Heartbeat in segment one. We're giving $1,000 this week to Pro Football Camp. Um, but you go on thedominator.com. You can get the T-shirts. So find out more about the charities each week. Some great t-shirts on there, by the way. 100% of the Husker Heartbeat t-shirts will go towards the charity of the week. So this week it's going towards the nonprofit pro football camp scholarship fund, just funding kids to be able to come to the camp for free. And you've got, I mean, the shirts on there are a great selection. I've, I've seen a lot of NIL stuff out there and, and your website that was put together um, by Teddy and the team, I say, um, did a wonderful job. So get on there, check it out. Uh, Michigan, Nebraska this week. Hopefully we have another fun Sunday here at the Husker Line offices because this was a really, really great Sunday show and appreciate it, JoJo. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman, powered by Husker Online. 
Join us for another show next week, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate.